0: Welcome to the S-Files, sponsored by Serve Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Flower, Communications and Government Affairs Officer for Serve Wisconsin. S-Files is your look into the impacts and stories of AmeriCorps members and volunteers serving throughout the state of Wisconsin. Each episode, we'll be digging into their service stories, or S-Files, to learn about the people and programs whose service is meeting critical needs across Wisconsin and enriching the lives of the people and communities they serve. In this episode, we are talking with two AmeriCorps members that are serving with Marshfield Clinic Health Systems AmeriCorps Community Corps program and learning about how they're helping provide needed items to people in their communities, including healthy local foods and diapers. Up first, we're talking with Maddie Kincher, who's serving this year with Community Corps at Central Rivers Farm Shed in Stevens Point. So Maddie, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: Uh, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. i um, enjoying the fresh powdering of snow that we have here in Stevens Point. That
0: sounds great. Maddie, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your AmeriCorps service with Marshall Clinic Community Corps program?
1: As you mentioned, Kyle, I'm serving Central Rovers Farm Shed, which is a grassroots nonprofit located in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. My title there officially is volunteer coordinator, but I also utilize the community health advocate title depending on what work I am using. Our mission at Farm Shed is to build a resilient local food economy and And this actually ties into community health in multiple fashions, including increasing access to fresh, nutritious foods that are also culturally appropriate, support and buy directly from regional family farms for our own purposes, encourage the public to do such things as well, and then prioritize our expansion as an organization, education, and then regenerative farming practices. All of that kind of ties into our current organizational goals of supporting the community to have everybody have the opportunity to choose healthy foods and engage in their local farms and local foods year-round in fun and engaging ways. And then we work with farms and local food businesses to help support their success if they are startups or just encouraging them to use local foods in general. But besides that, about my home, Host site, being a part of Marshfield Clinic Health System Community Corps has really increased perspective on what it means to be a community health worker through having us engaged with the Area Health Education Center and community health trainings, opportunities for certifications, perspective expansion, and then building upon soft skills that are needed when working with other people in community health.
0: That's wonderful. And so looking at all those different goals at Central Rivers Farm Shed, can you walk us through what your day-to-day service might look like?
1: Yeah, so in regards to my volunteer coordinator duties, I write a newsletter that directly communicates with prospective volunteers and trusted volunteers about what's happening in the organization, where they can fill in a role if we need them, collaborating with staff to create volunteer jobs and what they are needing to satisfy our programs. Training volunteers is needed, recruitment efforts and appreciation efforts as well, and then recording volunteer hours. both for organizational use, but also for our volunteers' uses as well. A larger part of my role is actually in helping introduce educational opportunities back into FarmShed. So before I actually started as an AmeriCorps member, I worked very part-time with them in the summer to launch a social media campaign surrounded by public health and environmental health education. And these are just short, comprehensive posts about a variety of topics in those areas to spark interest and curiosity in our base to maybe look into it more or just to kind of share that fact with them to kind of enhance that perspective. But otherwise, we are starting to integrate workshops and webinars surrounded by agriculture, food, and community health into the organization. And my role is to develop that program structure, find community partners, utilize student interns and helping us make those opportunities happen, and then creating much of the social media content to go along with it. These were very prominent pre-pandemic for FarmShed. And then after a couple of years of rebuilding the organization, having some staff turnover and prioritizing new programs, we are able to show that we have adapted to our current circumstances of still being in a pandemic. But we do want to and we do value these engaging, educational, fun opportunities to the public. And we want to show that resilience of our organization and able to still provide those services in a safe way, given current circumstances.
0: That's great. And then you you go over how you are helping people make that connections with the, the local foods from the farmers, the producers out to the actual people consuming them?
1: A lot of our programs are directly, we directly buy produce from farmers. So one of our programs, which is one of my favorite programs, is SHIPA, and it means helping hands and Mung, And it's a culture-specific meal preparation and delivery program that was brought to fruition with a partnership of CAP Services and the Aging and Disability Resource Center. We use local food in this program as much as we can. And then we also use local food throughout other programs, such as Frozen Assets. We buy certified organic produce from some of our partner farms in the summer when this produce is growing in season, picked at peak ripeness, process it in our kitchen, strongly powered by our volunteers, and then we freeze it and then sell them in shares from January to May. So individuals are able to embrace local food, continue to support local farmers outside of the growing season without having to go to the grocery store and buy a tomato that is pesticides on it, has been flown in from another country and it's not as ripe. So much of the products that we put out into community are derived from local food. And then in regards to workshops and education, we are collaborating a lot with regional makers and kind of promoting their businesses and those skills. And then trying to enhance skills in agriculture as well for any startup farmers.
0: That's wonderful. And then with those freeze-down sessions, when you are taking the, the vegetables and freezing them down, I know some of the times that they've even done some educational programs. you guys done anything interesting during some of your freeze-down volunteer sessions?
1: So I know volunteers who do participate in that program, they are going to learn about the different ways of processing because some vegetables, yeah, you can cut up, throw them in the freezer and that's fine. Other ones I learned involve more in-depth processes. Otherwise, they're going to in the freezer. So for example, like potatoes and broccoli require blanching, which is not a process I'm super familiar with. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to volunteer, but involves basically like almost cooking the vegetable first and then freezing it. When you volunteer with frozen assets, you learn how to process vegetables for later consumption, which is a great skill to learn, especially if you're an aspiring gardener or a gardener who has like a huge influx of produce during the growing season to ensure that you're not wasting that food. So that's one avenue of looking at it in that way is helping prevent food waste and just making the most out of what you have.
0: And then looking at some of the health education pieces, can you could give us a little overview of some of the larger health education that you're doing for the community?
1: Yeah, of course. So um, the social media campaign that I started talks about different public health, environmental health, and gives little small action items in each one. The biggest background piece that I really wanted to focus on is making things like comprehensive. So kind of translating from maybe a research article to um, something that everybody will be able to understand and also communicating that You know, you just have to start somewhere if this is, if participating in the local food system is something you want to invest in. There is no one right way to be a member of the local food system. Some people do buy a lot of local produce. Some people can't for financial reasons, but taking that time and learning about it is one way to participate and whatever you can do is perfectly fine. So for the health education, it is talking about behavior change. It's kind of like breaking down some myth busting, being, like when we talk about buying produce in season, it's usually a lot cheaper than buying produce out of season. So making that apparent that you can save money by prioritizing these vegetables, these fruits at these periods of time and giving them ideas to how they can do that. Tying back to frozen assets, then offering the tools needed to process those vegetables. So the health education is to bring awareness and to just make people more curious about those subjects as well. And we do partner with other outside organizations, especially in these upcoming workshops to bring those more to light in the planning process. And a lot of the stuff just involves like finalizing a date with many of our partners right now. And then we're going to have them out on an events calendar on our website. So then the community members are going to be able to access it.
0: And so will those events be in person or will they be virtual?
1: A combination of both. One of our workshops, the presenter was very apparent. We want to be COVID safe. And the last event we held, which was a painting night for the organization, Empty Bowls. We did have COVID procedures. So that is something we are very attentive to and mindful of our space. So for a workshop like that, we'd probably host it in our greenhouse because it's a lot larger of a space than our office. I hosted a webinar last year in December about stress, and that was completely virtual. And then we are having an up and coming webinar in February, which will also be virtual. So it really depends on the technical accessibility, the comfort level, and you know current state of COVID in our community, depending on if we're going to have something in person versus virtual, but we can be flexible with both.
0: That's great to that be able to be adaptable for whatever the COVID conditions are at the time and whatever really fits the training.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: And then Maddie, why did you decide to serve as an AmeriCorps member with Marshall Clinic Community Corps? And was there something that particularly drew you to serving at Central Rivers Farmshed?
1: So I am a recent graduate from the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point in health promotion and wellness. And I discovered in my last semester, I was an intern with the American Public Health Association that I had a very invested interest and passion in working in public health. However, as you can imagine, job searching is very stressful and I really only had internships under my belt and not necessarily that full time consistent work experience that a lot of jobs do require. And I discovered that Marshfield Clinic adapted a community core, a community health-centered program, and it is incredibly immersive experience for those with and without a college degree. So you don't need to have a college degree to do this program. And it just made a lot more sense to me and filled me with a lot more passion to actively do things that benefit my community and also benefit me in that way and climb the public health career ladder through community core i was drawn to farm because i was actually a former intern of farm shed in my undergraduate degree. So I was familiar with the organization. I already supported their mission and I wanted to come back.
0: That's wonderful. And I know that can be a big thing for folks as they're just graduating or just starting a new transition where their AmeriCorps service can really help as a launching point or a transition point to gain different experiences in a field before them moving on to a full time position.
1: Community Corps is a great opportunity for anybody who, you know, thinks they have an interest in community health or public health, maybe are a little bit unsure. don't know where they've yet fit because it is a temporary position it is a great opportunity to kind of discover things about yourself during the term especially for those coming right out of high school who don't know if they want to go to college or if they want to work or take a different route of education or for college graduates who are also still trying to figure out their life
0: so looking back so far at your service what have been some favorite memories or some highlights from the first half of your service
1: A major highlight are the people that I work with. They are incredibly welcoming, very appreciative, and it's a fun office open office setting where we can collaborate with each other on the spot. But I would say one of my favorite things is seeing the expansion of our Shepa program. So for about a year of the program's activity, we delivered meals to Hmong elders and individuals with disabilities in the community. But recently, um, this past fall, we've been able to expand into the local high school. So now um, Hmong teenagers are able to have access to culturally appropriate foods as well. And that's through the continuous community support, support of our volunteers and commitment that Farm Should has, which just really makes me very happy in that way.
0: That's fantastic. Looking toward the second half of your service, what are some things you're looking forward to doing through the rest of your AmeriCorps term?
1: I look forward to actually implementing the education that we're planning right now. Yeah, we're all still in the planning process, but actually seeing it happen, seeing the community be able to utilize it is what I'm very excited for. And of course, this is going to kind of be like a pilot session for a lot of these. So the monitoring, the evaluation and seeing like what we can do to improve those experiences is what I'm looking forward to in that program development process.
0: And then Maddie, what plans do you have for once your AmeriCorps term? with uh, the CUNY corps program is over.
1: Like I mentioned, I want to go into public health and right now my sights are sent on returning to school to get a master's of public health. So I'm right now investing time and energy into researching different programs, seeing where I want to fit in that way, and maybe hopefully venture out of Wisconsin temporarily for a couple of years for that reason.
0: Well, good luck with your future studies and that master's program.
1: Thank you. The one last thing I can say about the local food system is that if anyone listening is interested in local food or wants to participate and doesn't know how, and like I've mentioned earlier, there is no one right way to do it. You can you do it through education, learning more about it, talking with others, even if it's just buying like one vegetable from your local farmer's market and maybe increasing that over time. There is a lot of ways to do it, no one right way. And wherever you're at is perfectly fine.
0: I think that's some great advice. So thanks for sharing that with folks. So Maddie, thank you so much for talking with us today and sharing about your service experience at Central Rivers Farm Shed.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Good luck with the rest of your AmeriCorps service and then with your future studies and your ability to make a difference with people through public health.
1: Thank you, I really appreciate that.
0: Up next, we're talking with Community Corps member Monica Duxworth, who is serving this year at the United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County after having previously served two other AmeriCorps terms with Volunteer Wisconsin. So Monica, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Monica, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your AmeriCorps service with Marshall Clinic's Community Corps program this year?
2: This year, I'm working with United Way, and I am over a new initiative that they have called the Diaper Bank. They just started last year in April. It's where we go out to the community and different agencies where we help get out diapers to single moms, families that need help with getting diapers and wipes and supplies for their newborn child or toddlers who are in need of diapers.
0: So on a day-to-day basis, what's your service like helping with that program?
2: Unfortunately, due to COVID, um, I'm only in there about three to four times a month. During those days I'm in there, it's hustle and bustle. We're getting in donations. So I'm sorting out a lot of different sizes and at the same time taking in orders from different partners that we work with. I'm making sure I'm getting all the orders that they're asking for, getting it palletized up. And then I'm also delivering to those sites. Uh, making sure they have that they everything that they need, and also collecting data from them. You know, how many families are being served, how many children are being affected by it, and if this indeed is helping their initiative that they may be having going on at their site as well. So that's what I've been doing for the last couple of months. And we ended our year at getting out and covering up our initiative, Many Children's Butts. With 80,000 diapers, we've gotten out by the end of this year. So we're hoping our goal is 150,000.
0: That's incredible. Congrats on getting to that 80,000 number. And good luck on getting all the way up to those additional diapers being put on to, to baby bottoms. And so with the Diaper Bank, are you still looking for different community partners for the doing the distribution? Were those already determined before you started your service?
2: Some of those were determined, but we are still looking for people that want to do drives. We actually have a link on our website under the Diaper Bank where anybody can do a drive if they want to, whether it just be a small community group that say, hey, we want to do a drive. Recently, we did a drive with the Women of Steel. They gave us about $80,000 diapers along with fox cities so they gave us over a hundred thousand of diapers and that was a really long day for me to count those out but we appreciated that because we were able to double out our usual amount of orders so if somebody only ordered 20 diapers you know for their order we doubled and tripled their orders because we had so much in inventory and that's what we love to do when we get those big donations coming in through the door But yeah, it's a link on our site that if people want to have a drive and donations for that, they can just just simply sign up with that for us.
0: That's great. And hopefully folks will find that and donate some more. So you'll have even more to put out there into the community. So on the days we are not going in directly to the United Way, what's your service look like on the more virtual and remote end?
2: That end is where we're doing a lot of data tracking. Who's been donating to us on an average month? What sites are there? The orders are coming in so we can kind of anticipate, okay, when I send out my email to what a site needs, try to anticipate what they're going to be needing. Since I'm not there in person, just go ahead and start pulling it. I kind of know when I go in what they need. And then also I help work with the SNAP packet and kit packing programs, you know, for other initiatives that we do for the Homeless Project Connection programs. So I do a lot of data analysis and a lot of tracking when I'm not in office. So that's some of the needs that they need help with as well.
0: That's great. And Monica, could you tell us about what you're doing to support these other initiatives that you just mentioned, like the kit packing program?
2: So with the kit packing program, we have about five different programs, which is the snap packing. Um, That's more of our youth that we do for them when they're out of school, like for spring break, summer break and winter break. Then we have one, a hygiene kit is for more of our people in the shelter where we pack up different things that the shelter may need for those people who are there at the time to help them. So backpacks full of toothpaste, body wash, personal items. The homeless kids, we pack up different things that you may need when you're out there in the streets in the home, you know, in the streets that don't have anywhere to stay. Right now we're working on our winter kit, which is going to include, you know, hand warmers, gloves, things of that nature. So we come up with different prices, how much each box is going to cost. And then we work with different companies that may say, hey, I want to get in on that. And then what we'll do is a full service, which means they'll buy the supplies. We'll put them together. Then we'll distribute it out to the community for them. So that's something we're working on right now, putting together those kits, myself and Lindsay coming up with different prices and how we're going to pack it for them. So that's some of the things that we're working on right
0: now. How do you work within the other partners on the distribution and on knowing how many kits you're kind of searching for and how many think you're going to need to get out for different parts of the community? So
2: a company may come to us and say, hey, we want to put together 150 kits. So now we know this company is going to be donating enough funds or items for 150 kids. So now we know we have to order this many items of each items that will add to that amount, or they may give us a budget check. Like, hey, see what you can do with this budget check. And then we'll go through either Amazon, Dollar Days, or what company we've been using to match that amount to make sure that we're not going over or under and see what we have left. Sometimes we may have items left that can go towards another kit that the company won't mind. And that's how we come across that with our spreadsheet. We have a lot of things left in back order that we may be able to use as well. So we do a lot of also recycling. So for example, for the snack kit, we also use that for our family pack kit. If we have extra granola bars, we'll put that in our family pack kit. So we do a lot of mixing if we have lift over things for orders.
0: That's great. They're able to use so many different resources. When you're got them through one part of the project, it's not stuff isn't going to yes. waste. It's just going into another way to help the community through another outreach effort.
2: Yes. And that's when the spreadsheets come in a lot to know what we have in inventory. So that's one of my main thing is to make sure the spreadsheets are up to date. And that's one of the things I do when I know I am in office is to. Go through everything and check through everything and make sure those spreadsheets are up to date.
0: That data gathering is huge, not only on knowing how many people you're serving, but also making sure you can serve more folks. Yes. And then, Monica, why did you decide to serve as an AmeriCorps member with MiniCorps this year?
2: I liked it so much. the. Past two years, I did it. Learning so much, gaining the experience. Right now, I'm gaining so much experience in learning how to do data tracking and data analysis. I didn't know anything much about that. But with these last couple of months, I know a lot about it. You know, I know a lot more about communicating with the community. Also, just putting things together from start to beginning of a drive to putting things together and to getting it out of the door or mobilizing resources. So AmeriCorps is not just a, a job for a first job for some people. It's it's a, it's a an education moment too that you're learning.
0: I think that's fantastic. And thanks for kind of looking at all the skills you've been building up through your service experience this year. And then Monica, you mentioned that you had done some previous AmeriCorps service. So I know you were with Marshall Clinic's Volunteer Wisconsin program that's now been folded into the new Corps program. So can you tell us about what your service looked like for those two years.
2: Yes, I was at Milwaukee Academy of Science for those two years. I enjoyed my time there. I learned a lot about recruiting volunteers and also hosting events, managing volunteers, how to track those hours, how to put together manuals. That was one of the main things I was excited to learn. So that's something that I see a lot of different jobs needing, you know, someone, how to put together manuals, how to train people, onboarding. That was a lot of things I did. And then also teachers utilized me to put together little small books for the volunteers to use with their students. And that was something I had never did before. And now I know how to do it and use that in other parts of um, different jobs that may need me to put together manuals for things in their company. So, again, like I said, it was it's a big learning experience, and then you get the hands-on experience. Both of these have been great experiences for me here in AmeriCorps.
0: Well, thanks so much for your service over these last three years. So, Monica, why did you decide to initially start serving with AmeriCorps? When you started your first term of service. Before
2: that, I was driving the city bus and doing odd jobs. They were OK, you know, especially driving the city bus. It was OK. But I knew like, you know, with my education from college, I can do different things. I can do better. But, it, you know, people looked at me, well, you just drove a bus. So when I saw the opportunity on Indeed for that, I was like, there's no way they're just not going to just hire someone off the street to come and do this type of work when I was reading the detail. And sure enough, you know, once I filled out the survey and then I filled out my profile and everything, I was called in for an interview. And it was just like I said, so much that came with it. I didn't really believe it was real. A lot of people look at the stipend, you know, yes, it's low, but they don't realize what you're walking away with. You know, the education and skills that a lot of people are going to college for four and five years to get. You are gaining it in a year because you're actually doing it. When I took a break from AmeriCorps, I got hired like literally within two weeks at a law firm because somebody had the manager who hired me was a AmeriCorps former member. So they have ties in the community if you go to the right places to try to get hired. So that's what made me want to join this, you know, just having that on my resume that I joined AmeriCorps and started with it and got the experience.
0: Well, that's great. And I'm glad you've only get such wonderful experience through your service. And then, Monica, what have been some of your favorite memories or some highlights from your AmeriCorps service?
2: I think a lot of my memory recently, I saw some students I worked with from the Milwaukee Academy of Science who have graduated now in college. And they all just remember me as the lady from the office. They never really knew my name and, you know, talking to them and reminiscing about different things we went through and them thanking me. You know, from being on them about going to class and reading, you know, studying and being on their work like they're supposed to be and me helping them. That made me feel good, especially the young man I see who's working as a manager at Walmart now. And he was on credit recovery and not about to graduate and was doing bad, skipping school. And now I'm looking at him now like, OK, you're doing this, you're going to Marquette. You know, it made me feel good to see the results of what you've done. And then also all the Kalahari Different times we went up there for training and then, you know, bonding and then just learning different things. I never thought I would learn and experience. That was my first time going to the Dell. So going up there and then, you know, knowing this for a work retreat and building bonds, that's something that I never did at any type of job is building bonds with team members. And it gave me more trust a little bit.
0: That's wonderful. And it's so glad to hear about that. Be able to see that tangible impact that you had on yes. folks. It's just such a huge, rewarding piece of service. And then you mentioned going up on that retreat with your fellow Americorps members. And so, Community Corps and the Volunteer Wisconsin were a little different because you all are all spread out throughout the state. So, you can tell us about the work and connections you've built with them over your service when you're working on similar projects, but in sometimes very different locations.
2: Yes, we still come across each other. One of the guys I know he works for, Dane County 211, I helped him practice for some of his lines over the phone simply, you know, practicing. And me learning some of the stuff that they do, I, I could not be a 211 operator. I just couldn't. And I commended him on what he was doing, just practicing. And then just seeing people, like I said, when we did, used to meet in person and then listening to them about what they do and see those that are in the recovery program. That's one thing that, that would be difficult for me to do, knowing that, you know, I have family members who are going through that and just listen to their stories and connecting. I, I can't wait to get back to that. I, I probably will be over my service time once it do, But when those who do come in and they hear each other's stories, I think they should be able to take that back to what they're doing and put it to what they're doing as well because you never know what client you may be working with in your program that you can use that with too just by listening to team members and your other fellow AmeriCorps members.
0: And then Monica, looking forward to the rest of your service year, what are some things you're kind of looking forward to happening with the diaper bank program, with some of the other programs you're working with? I'm hoping we can
2: expand it. I know now we can't really go back in. I don't know when we just found that out. I'm hoping when I can go back in, I can finish building it out the way I want to build it out. We was looking forward to having a baby shower. That's something I really wanted to do is have a community baby shower where it's not companies or, you know, suits and ties, but really getting the communities, the young ladies, the single dads, everybody in there, the on. the grandmas who take care of kids and really getting them in there and and letting them be able to get exactly what they need and not guess what they need. Getting more items other than diapers and wipes like baby lotions, shampoos and things like that, the other things that babies may need. That's one thing I wanted to have. And then another one, someone asked me, About another kit that I wanted to start was a runaway kit. You know, um, I was a runaway person for a while when I was a teenager, and working with Pathfinders and building those kits and those backpacks for those who are runaways and really getting to the nitty gritty of everything that's something that I really wanted do next year, hopefully, if everything clears
0: up. Those both sound like fantastic ideas. And just bringing the community together do those baby showers and hopefully things are going to clear up to the point where you can do it yeah. as soon as possible and maybe it becomes a large outdoor baby shower towards the summer at least where something will yeah, be able to we get, have get space. And then, Monica, what are your plans for after your AmeriCorps term ends this summer?
2: I really want to get into either youth counseling or into speaking to people and really getting motivational speaking. I really want to get into that. I'm not sure how, but I really want to get into that. Can really help change some people's mind. Like that seeing that boy at Walmart really motivated me to want to do that because he was like you would never have thought that he would do that and turn into what he's doing now. And I think I had a part of that. But I do want to get into working with young teenagers, something of that nature, or working with young adults to help get them turned back around so they can be all they need to be in life. Some people won't let you be that way because, you know, they beat you down and then you believe it. But you need someone to just keep speaking into existence for you.
0: I think that sounds wonderful. And then hopefully able to keep building upon your experience and how you use that in the different service ideas you've been putting forward, then all the skills you're gaining into whatever that next step comes to keep making a difference for people's lives.
2: Like I said, AmeriCorps miracle changed my mindset on a lot of things, you know. You may not get paid as much as you want for it, but at the end, like I said, the experience comes out and it puts you ahead of other people. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to be looking at, okay, how much you're making. It's about, is this what you want to do or not? Because there were times where I'm like, man, I don't want to do this. But then when I started looking and actually doing it, it changed my mind on what I wanted to do. So that's why I feel like how people should approach it when they get into a mirror court. Because I knew a lot of people who just quit halfway through and they didn't realize what was at the end for them. You know, if you just can't push it through.
0: I just think that's great. And I just want to say thank you so much, Monica, for your service over three terms of AmeriCorps service. And Mm -hmm. good luck getting everything put together with the diaper drive, with all those other kits going forward the rest of the year service year this year. And then thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate talking with you. Me too, as well. Thanks so much. And thank you again to both Maddie and Monica for sharing about their S-Files and giving us two more stories to file under service. Thank you for tuning in to the S-Files podcast produced by CERB Wisconsin. I'm your host, Kyle Clower. Your producer is CERB Wisconsin intern, Anna Daniker. And as always, a big thank you to everyone that serves here in Wisconsin. Remember the S and s file stands for service and you are the reason we have so many great stories to highlight. Tune in next time for another page pulled from the S-Files.